0: This is Finnegan Rowe on the Ultimate Unofficial VeggieTales podcast. I'm here today co-hosting with Nintegadario and Gord Animations. When you think about VeggieTales, um, you might think about the stories, you might think about the characters, the music of VeggieTales really at the core of the series made it what it is. And today I am so honored to be joined by the person behind the music of VeggieTales, Kurt Heineke himself. If you love your veggies and want more to know, then I've got for you a spectacular show. We'll be giving you back the clear and bringing in to say we got a show for you.
1: How are you doing? Woo-hoo, doing well, doing well. Glad we could finally hook up here. I know we've been trying for a while.
0: I am beyond thrilled to have you on here. Such an honor to talk to the person who um, who made the hairbrush song happen, you know?
1: Or <laughs> <laughs> the music. Well, and...
0: I'll,
1: I'll jump in right away because I know we'll get to this at some point. Because, yeah, a lot of people say, oh, he wrote all the music Shells. That's incorrect. And I know you know this, but for your audience, you know, the, it was really the team of Mike Naraki, AKA Larry the Cucumber, Phil Vischer, AKA Bob the Tomato, Lisa Vischer, AKA Junior Asparagus, uh, that came up with most of those nuggets that began as, oh, that's stuck in my head. And then I, I come on and help them complete that song, finish parts, write parts, arrange it, produce it. So yeah, there's there's we're we're considered all co-writing those. But you know, something like, Oh, where's my hairbrush? I'm not crazy enough to come up with that concept. That's Mike Naraki lyrically. I don't I don't do the lyrics. People like Mike and Phil do lyrics and they're astounding at it. And they have just wonderful senses of, even though neither of them is a really, really accomplished musician, though Phil actually is a is a decent musician. Um, they just have wonderful sense of creativity and so i love to take their you know something like hairbrush and i'm sorry i'm already getting in diving deep here no no like hairbrush you know mike had the concept of that that hook that is stuck in your head oh where is my hairbrush oh where is my hairbrush is my hairbrush that's what mike had and that's That's the gift of Mike and Phil is they they come up with these little nuggets that are simple enough that they just stick with you. But then I had to take that nugget and create the rest of the song around it. So, you know, the way the song builds, the way it feels like a little opera, the way that Aware is sung, happy, sad, slow, fast, um, building all that together in that particular song is where I came in. Um, And every song is different, you know cheeseburger is one of my favorites i i had to rewrite some of mike's stuff because he was he had uh he was using a melody from a spanish soap opera because his wife is colombian and he had he didn't realize where he'd picked it up from so the, the the verse to uh the cheeseburger used to be the theme song to a spanish soap opera and his wife said mike you can't use that that's that's already taken so then i <laughs> i rewrote that and gave him a new verse for that so anyways but it's it's always a collaboration like that. Uh I do write all the score, ninety-five percent of the score, you know. So so any of the background music that you hear is my doing also. So in a nutshell, that's what happens here at VeggieTales veggie headquarters.
0: Oh, I was okay. gonna mention something.
1: I'm sorry, um, go ahead, Gordon.
2: Uh I have a question. Well uh I remember like on the Jonah like DVD, I remember like looking up the score, like the score bonus feature. And I remember there was a thing where it was Phil specifically, like, humming the score to a scene. Yep. I was wondering, like, how that worked or, like, when that started and when he started doing that specifically.
1: Uh, It was more, I mean, Phil was, he's, again, he's got a very intuitive sense of storytelling. And so we call guys like that hummers. Uh, He's not the first director that has hummed musical ideas to the composer. And so... That's exactly what he was doing on that first movie, uh, Jonah, at times. And he said, oh, I've got this idea. What if we did this? Mm-hmm. And there would be scenes where literally I'd watch the scene and he'd hum through it. And that would give me the groundwork of what I should do. It, which is very related to actually most movies use what's called a temp score. Um, if there's an action movie, somebody at some point before the movie is made has dropped in some mu- some music from Star Wars or Pirates of the Caribbean, or you name it, and and it gives this energy to a scene. So, oh, that's the tempo of this fight scene or this chase scene. Uh, that that helps our animators or our editors with a tempo and a feel. Then the composer hears that, goes, oh, okay, I have to write something that is completely different than that, but matches the energy, maybe matches the orchestra flavor is it a big orchestra or is it a bluegrass ensemble that helps uh, uh tell us what what we should do with that so in the same way phil would do that mike uh is much uh, he mike doesn't do that but we sit down and we do a spotting a spotting session where we go through the show we see okay here's action what do you want there and we make a whole list of the things and then there might be temp score in there occasionally to say okay, here's the style of what we want. Or sometimes, as I've written more music for shows, they'll put some of my own music in there, say, here's what we've used in the past, so it's got the same palette, it's related to what I would write, and then I go in and, again, replace that with new music.
0: Well, something I think is absolutely genius that I really just picked up on recently, like, I think I kind of subconsciously realized it, but didn't, like, fully comprehend it. I was rewatching some scenes from Madam Blueberry yesterday, and the way you rework in the um the songs, you know, like in the the big scene where they're Absolutely. all their shopping carts and you hear I'm so blue hoo hoo blue hoo hoo, we represent the stuff, Mark, you know. Yeah. In the
1: score. Or big Absolutely. things too, you know. I, I love doing that. You know, I've got a, a music degree, I've got a classical music background. I, I and I, I say this quite often, I never thought of myself as writing kids' music. I'm writing legit music that just Take any of the silly songs, take um, um, Barbara Manatee, Endangered Love. Barbara Manatee, you are the one for me. That is not a kid's song. That is an actual true tango. I researched that with Mike, what makes a true tango. I'm writing a legitimate song that just happens to have a crazy cucumber singing over it. But the humor there is that Larry takes himself seriously So my music is serious, which makes his humor even more humorous. So I don't need to be in my music going, hey, this is silly, get it? I'm like, no, I'm writing a hairbrush song. That's, if you took away the lyrics, that is a mini operetta played on the piano. It's not a children's song. And so it's fun for me to challenge myself to always put in depth there for myself and for other musicians, for parents, so parents aren't driven crazy. But that's a that's a classic standard film scoring technique is, okay, let's take these themes, these motifs, and let's drop them back into the show so that subconsciously, oh, oh, that's related. Oh, I didn't notice that before. In any of our Christmas shows, you know, I've probably dropped in, you know, 20 different Christmas carols in the score. There, there might just be five notes of something that just whizzes by, but somebody goes, "Oh, my gosh, he dropped in!" You know, you name it there. So that's that's a fun little thing that I do. You know, the the who I consider the most uh, the, the the world's best composer, J.S. Bach. In German, B.A.C.H. is actually, and I, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, B-A-C-H is a B-flat or something like that. So that, you know, B-A-C, B-flat, those four notes, he would hide in his music. So he would write his name in his music for somebody to discover later. And I I just love that idea. It wasn't enough for him to write the world's best music. He was hiding Easter eggs in it before we knew what Easter eggs were.
0: So are you hiding K-notes and U-notes and R-notes and T-notes <laughs> in your music? <laughs>
1: that's uh, that's a good idea, yes. If there was <laughs> musical letters that fit that, none of them fit that, uh, uh, unfortunately. Well, I was going to say I, that I, that I, would explain why VeggieTales music is so unique. Yeah, but I mean, I, I do that sort of stuff, or I'll fit in, you know, I'll drop in references. Um, you know, the in, um, oh, what was it? Oh, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything... The big climactic ending melody is a hymn that um I don't remember offhand, but it's it's a hymn about the sea. And we're on the ocean discovering this king. And I doubt that even uh people that go to church regularly would recognize the hymn because it's a, a more obscure hymn. But somebody's gonna pick up on it and go, Whoa, that was genius. That there's a depth there, and I just love to you know, add in those layers if I can. And it just keeps it interesting for me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you touched on it a little bit, but like something that I have always loved about the show's music and something I definitely absorbed into the stuff that I do in my artwork is like that balance between like taking, taking a joke incredibly seriously and just like still letting the comedy flow through on that one of my favorite moments of score like literally of all time is like the first like really big action scene in Larry boy in the fifth Outer space. Because it's like the music really like has that sort of tension in there, but the instrumentation like also really elevates a lot of the comedy in that scene. Okay. I was wondering wondering, like, whether there was like any time where you had any kind of trouble with that, because all of it seems so flawless. Honestly.
1: Thanks. Um, I mean, trouble, yeah, there's uh, John Williams, probably the world's most famous film composer, has even said this. Every time he starts a project, he's looking at a blank piece of paper, and it's scary. because, like, oh, I have to fill up this page with 60 minutes of music or whatever it might be. And um, so often it's 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 more work than, oh, this is so fun. I get to go and write for a tomato and a cucumber today, you know, at the same time, it's like, no, this is, I have to start from somewhere and start from a blank slate and get to this full score that tells this story with this visuals. And I think that's part of the beauty of storytelling through, through film and video is there are so many people involved, so many different layers in so many different ways. Cause you know, in a simple in a simple little VeggieTales video, you know you've got a script, then storyboards, then animation, then dialogue, then music, then sound effects, and all of this has to tie together seamlessly because all of us have grown up all of our lives watching movies, so we inherently sense if something is off or wrong. So we kind of have this paradigm that we're we're following, and if you veer off course too far, it becomes distracting. But, you know, what the, the beauty of what Mike and Phil created was they weren't afraid to just try something that hadn't been done before. I mean, you know, when they were pitching Veggie Tales 30 years ago, nobody was interested. All the big names and, you know, Christian entertainment and music. I mean, limbless, uh, nude, vegetables telling Bible stories. Yeah, right. Um, it, it, you know, it just doesn't sound like success. And and they just said, you know, we're going to write for what makes us laugh. And that's why you have that layer. Mike, Mike has said, you know, a successful silly song is one that plays on two levels. It's, it's silly for the child, but there's an, an adult angst in there also. You know, SUV, the SUV song. It's basically us poking fun at ourselves saying, why do you need an SUV that's got four wheel drive when you're just going to the grocery store to get a loaf of bread? (laughs) It's a status symbol. And, you know, uh, same thing with the uh, gated community. I mean, if that's not a statement on today's society, what is, and yet it's a simple, a a goofy little song about kicking a ball over a, over a fence and not being able to get it because the people inside the gated community are, are too busy. Talking about their wonderful gated community to retrieve your ball.
0: I'm glad you mentioned gated community because I think it was that one in Pizza Angel. Um, Were you saying backup vocals,
1: right? Uh, or or was that backup just... vocal on Pizza Angel, Gated Community. The cool thing there is we had Matthew West sing the. Uh, well, there's a trio. There's there's Larry, and then I think it's a trio of guys in the Gated Community, and that's Matthew West. You know, one of today's top. Christian singer songwriters. Uh, Matthew West sang, I think, a second part, and then Matthew Ward sang the third part. And Matthew Ward, um, a lot of your listeners won't know, but he was uh, one of the trio of the second chapter of Acts, which was one of the founding Christian, uh, contemporary Christian, you know, rock groups from 50 years ago now uh their most most famous song was the easter song hear the bells ringing they're singing and we bumped into each other decades ago and and have become friends ever since and he's he's done a couple projects with us uh just because we're mutual fans i i grew up listening to and seeing matthew ward in concert with second chapter and so that's just one of those pinch me moments for me i get so i get to work with one of one of my people that i really admire So, yeah. Uh, So that's Matthew Ward and Matthew West, the Matthews singing the parts to gated community.
0: Very nice. And not to put you on the spot, um, but do you think you could give us a little bit of that, you know, from Pizza Angel or like copyright stuff?
1: I'm trying to remember. I'm just making up parts. I'm guessing that's how it goes. That was that was yeah, basically was a yeah. nice doo
0: wop bass.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I remember finding well, the behind the scenes where it was just you singing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, so many times we we pick a genre or style of music and then uh and then go with it. And actually that was a Tim Hodge piece. Tim Hodge directed that one. That was his concept. He's one of our animators and a former Disney guy, great guy. Okay. But you know, There's an example of uh, the yodeling veterinarian of the Alps. You know, Mike came to me and said, hey, I've got this idea of the storytelling through this, like this vocal group, this guy's trio. And he had a specific trio in mind. It wasn't the Mitch Miller singers, but it was somebody like that. There was a folk group in like the 60s at their guitars on stage. Um, But then it zips into a, a yodeling polka. Well, that's the fun of of somebody like Mike saying, hey, what if we did this and this? And I go, well, it's as far as I know, it's never been done before. We've never combined these two genres. So that's the fun of it. And that's where the musical arranging comes in and just crafting this little gift uh, and figuring out how that's going to work. And that happens over and over. I, You know, Belly Button is one of my favorite silly songs. And that was... You know, we just said, okay, we're going to spoof boy bands. So I got the, at the time, my our babysitter for our kids, I borrowed her CD collection of all the boy bands she listened to. So I studied boy bands. You know, what what kind of harmonies, what sort of writing do the vocals do, what sort of instrumentation, what synthesizers and drum machines and whatever. And, um, you know, the the style of the song and just all of those things so that I can write a legit boy band song that just happens to have vegetables singing about no belly buttons, you know. So there's the there's the the humor in that,
2: you know. I recently so uh, re-listened to the Boys in the Sink like album that you guys put out, like <laughs> oh okay, music. yeah, and yep. it was like it's so amazing how well it sounds like a boy band, <laughs> oh, <it's so> good. <laughs> it's how close it gets
1: there. It's, you know, that's, Oh, that's cool. That's fun. You know, that's one of the things that I get to do behind the scenes. Like let's take belly button, you know, that's some complex like four part harmonies with guys. Well, I'm teaching that to, you know, I've got all the parts figured out and written out and I hand the sheet music to Mike and Phil who don't read sheet music. So I'm having to, you know, teach them the parts. Okay. That was close. Let's get it again. And it's and then there's always a balance. And this isn't just with Mike and Phil. This is anytime you're working in a studio. There's that balance of okay, how how hard do I push for perfection versus okay, this this has the spirit of it, and maybe, maybe one note's not right, but do I keep pushing them until I just beat them into the ground? Or do we say, okay, we can work with that? Let's move on. There's always a balancing act there. Uh it's funny, a little behind-the-scenes story. Mike used to like 20 years ago, the first melody that he'd hear, he it would get stuck in his head or what he thought he heard. And I'd be like, oh no, there's there's like two notes that he's not hitting. But it's almost impossible to, to pull him away from what he's hearing already in his head. And so that was a challenge, okay, how do I do this? How do I get him to sing the other note without making it sound like, no, you can't sing that note, come on. And uh, you know, finding that balance in the studio I will say he's over the years he's gotten so much better it's funny his daughter used to take piano lessons and so I think he spent a lot more time just around the piano and just hearing things and I mean he he nails it now he's he's great
0: for sure for sure and you're working on um speaking of Mike Dead Sea Scrolls right you have some involvement with that
1: yes absolutely um yeah so if the audience doesn't know about it which is understandable because it hasn't been released yet, but Mike has a series of books out called the Dead Sea Squirrels. Um, I asked him about that. He came up with that title first because he thought it was such a wonderful play on words instead of the Dead Sea Squ- Scrolls. He came up with Dead Sea Squirrels. And then he started writing the stories based on that concept. And it was like, okay, well, what, what does that mean? What would happen with them? So it's this just, it's classic Mike Naraki. So if, it, in fact, I am literally writing on it right now. There's there's a screenshot, oh, which uh, I can't show you anymore because that was probably just illegal, what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm literally writing that right now. Um, but it's hilarious because it's the classic humor of VeggieTales. In fact, we had somebody uh, ate, a mover and shaker, meaning somebody in the industry watched one of the episodes the other day and literally told Mike, this is better than VeggieTales. He He's like, really? I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and I've had uh, some of my, I've got some assistants that work with me that they're just out of college age and they've been helping. So they've been watching the show and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Well, once again, it's a kid's, kids book, kids stories for let's just say nine year olds. It's, that range and yet uh and my son uh who's uh out of college and just starting his first job he sat in on some of the episodes and just to hear college age kids laughing really loudly at things it's like yep it's got the same sensibilities as VeggieTales completely different story completely different everything but but to have Mike writing again and then he's uh it's being co-produced by Steve Taylor who was a mover and shaker in the Christian music industry 40 years ago. And he's, and he actually, since then, he's done a ton of stuff. He's worked with, he's written a lot of the big hits of, of the Newsboys. But uh, again, he's just, he's one of those, if you know Steve Taylor, he's a little bit out in left field. He He's crazy and wild and fun. Um, and so to be working with those two on this series. So what's happening is, we are working. We we are working on a, an animated series, and we are finishing the first season of thirteen episodes before we release it. So you won't see anything until at, around the end of this year or so. But you know, hopefully, there's a buzz building as as we've given sneak previews to people, and uh, it's just fun to be in the room and hear just really good laughter and. And again, you know, Mike and I are working together along with Steve. We all three write, there's always at least one song in each episode that are really fun. Steve writes some incredible stuff. He and Michael write a tune, then Mike and I will write a tune. And so you just have this great variety of songs. And then we also put in spoof songs. In the background, there's, again, like VeggieTales, they might flick on the radio while they're vacuuming and on the radio is a song that you have to listen and go, oh, my gosh, that is. And then there's there's going to be a joke there that, you know, we're spoofing 80s, you know, not boy bands, but there's one that I absolutely spoof a certain famous singer from the 80s, and I won't say who. And, uh, and I got a famous singer to spoof them. So it's just the layers, again, I'm just – it's fun for me because – if somebody catches it, great. If they don't, they'll still enjoy the story. We'll catch it next time around. Exactly. I can tell you in a year. Yeah, know? I can't wait. I can't even <laughs> wait. <laughs> I mean, I've been looking forward
0: to it since he did the um
1: like the Kickstarter promo, right? He did the Kickstarter promo, yes, exactly. I Which saw was that very I've, fun in itself.
0: I've been super, super excited since then. Cause you know, it doesn't have to just be Veggie is amazing, but like people get stuck thinking that's like the only Christian show to watch, you know. And you've, right. in the industry, worked on so much else aside from VeggieTales. We were saying before the interview people call you the VeggieTales guy, but you're not just the VeggieTales guy. You've done <laughs> which, you know, I'm saying on a VeggieTales podcast, but that's just how I connected with yeah. you know your music to begin with. But like it goes so far beyond that. You were mentioning um, Disneyland in a past interview where uh-huh. you had done a few oh, yeah. medleys for some of the rides or something.
1: Okay, so real quickly, just so people might not be aware, but about two years ago, we did 26 new VeggieTales episodes for... They're going to be on TBN now. Now, before that, there was a Netflix series, Veggies in the House. Some weren't crazy about it because, yeah, uh, they updated the character style. They updated the storytelling. Some hardcore fans, which I'm sure you have, are going, ah, boo. Well, <laughs> uh, somebody came along and said, we, we want to do the classic veggies. And so that's what they did with TBN. And they got... The, they got the band back together. They got Mike and Phil and myself. Mike and Phil are writing scripts. They co-wrote the songs with me. So it has that classic veggie feel. It takes place in a different setting. It's more they Bob has acquired a theater that he has to put on a show each week. Uh, so it's a little bit of a Muppet show influence there. But all of that to say, if you've gone through all your old veggies, Look up the new TBN veggies because you might find some nuggets in there. You go, whoa, that is funny because it's written by Mike and Phil and Kurt. Uh, we do a silly song or some sort of song every show. So that's that. Then I spent uh, 11 years writing five seasons for Superbook, CBN's Superbook series, which is a very in-depth um, Bible storytelling series, five five seasons so, you know, we're up into the 60-something episodes of that. That's completely different than, than tales but it's neat because I hear from so many families, oh, yeah, our kids, we've got them watching Superbook because it's its just really solid storytelling of all the classic Bible stories, but in a new, fresh way because it's got some contemporary characters. It's got a robot. It's got time travel. Um, and uh, so Superbook is one of those that... Uh, maybe you haven't heard about it, but it's definitely oh, no. worth checking out if you've got kids. I've definitely heard of it. Then um, Slugs and Bugs, um, Randall Good Games series. Uh, did some fun music on that. Uh, and I'll circle back around to Disney, sorry. Actually, and then, yes, on the side, uh, I've got a good friend who uh, goes, we go to church together. And he's been uh, one of the main writers for A lot of the Disney park um, parades, uh, shows that appear on the castle, entertainment, and that sort of stuff. So there's been over a dozen projects where he'll say, Hey, Kurt, I need some Irish whistles. And I don't know if this will come out because I know we're on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I've got a whole wall full of Irish whistles and Native American flutes and stuff. And he'll have me, hey, we need something that sounds organic. Uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of pirate stuff or under the sea stuff. That It's played on an Irish whistle, but I make it sound like something different. And uh, so there's been a bunch of projects, um, parades that I've played Irish whistles. I do some trumpet and trombone and uh, some other stuff on some of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of things that I've layered on in the parks that... You go to the parks, there's a there's a big float or a big parade that had Merida on it with the Irish and the Scottish music. And I do a bunch of Irish whistle on that that sounds like Irish whistle. So, yeah, that was a uh, one of the highlights for me was to be able to be in Shanghai. I was on a musical tour with my sons who were touring in a group where we Shanghai Disney and I heard my music being played on the big castle in Shanghai Disney. And that was mind blowing. So. So yeah, those those sorts of things I I get to do occasionally.
0: And more people so, need to know about that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I mean I think so. Um,
1: yeah, no, it's I mean it's hard to say. Oh, if you go here and hear this, that's me. It just Very depends on if time. it's. Yeah, exactly. Because like the they they just reintroduced the the parade that I was in. I literally just checked it because somebody texted yesterday. Hey, we're at the Disney parks in Florida. Can we hear Kurt's music anywhere? And I looked it up and like, Oh, they've dropped the mirror to float because they've got a new princess. So I'm not in that parade anymore, you know. So I couldn't find anything at the moment, but I am in um, Hong Kong right now, and so <laughs> and Disneyland. Uh, I've got some stuff in there. So, so I I have been to the parks quite a few times, and with my kids, like, okay, listen, that was me, and it's. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's it's a awesome to be able to do that because i've uh you know have spent a lot of times in those parks with my kids as as they were young and that sort of thing um and then yeah as you were moving along the timeline uh recently you know we were just saying i'm involved in wing feather i mean uh dead sea squirrels but then yeah the big one that people are talking about right now is wing feather saga andrew peterson's book series uh fantasy uh with a strong moral compass to it uh, the the books have become very popular, and so then, over the last couple of years they they did a huge Kickstarter program and 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 began a series and now it's been picked up by Angel, the same group that does the chosen. So we are in our second season now. I'm the director of music on that, but uh, it was a really interesting way of doing that because you know Andrew Peterson is an impeccable songwriter singer performer. Uh, he's got some friends, the Arcadian Wild, the tour with him. It's this folk Americana bluegrass band that are incredible songwriters and musicians. And he really wanted a lot of the music to have that feel to it. So they came on board. And then Ben Shive, who is Andrew's producer slash co-writer, fantastic. He came on board. So together, you know, that's Andrew, Arcadian Wild. Ben myself there's really six of us going okay we need a theme for this uh you Arcadian wild that needs a folk idea you go for it and this needs this bigger bombastic orchestral thing Kurt you write that and some of it's just hey all of you write write some themes and and we'll see where they stick because uh, we're all it's really cool uh, in the sense that Andrews probably, in two words to describe the music, he wants it to be happy sad. It's like, okay, there's some happiness to it, but there's this underlying depth and sadness, because a lot of a lot of hard things have happened to this family. So if all of us are writing happy sad music, we're we're all focused in the same direction, but we're putting our own take on it. So that's the beauty of that music in Wingfeathers. You're you're just hearing this real rich tapestry of music. And, uh, we're right in the middle of season two now. I'm, I'll probably be getting a call this week from the guys saying, okay, here's the stuff that worked that you wrote. Now we need updates for this, you know, and that sort of thing. So yeah, keep your eyes out for wing feather. I think that's, it's a deep story. It takes a little bit to get into. Um, but it's amazing that, I mean, it's like Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, Lord of the Rings, all of those, like, no, there's depth to this. There's character development. There's good and evil. Uh, and in Wingfeather, there's a, a strong family that's at the core of it and their story, and you really get to know them and how they deal with a lot of things happening in this world. It's, it's kind of scary that a lot of them you, are happening in today's world here. Uh, and you go, oh, wow, that feels more familiar than I want it to feel. And so it's, yeah, it raises a lot of issues and makes people think about things.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to watching that. I know it's been out for a little bit now. Um, been yeah, it's, it on the,
1: it's on the Angel app. It's also on YouTube. Um, so it's, you can find it out there and it's, uh, you know, they have a unique way of funding it so you can watch it for free, you know, go find the Angel app and you, you can watch the whole first season for free.
0: Well, and something about your music too. You can really tell when you've written the music. So, like listening to the the few minutes of Wingfeather that I watched, um, I sat down and watched a little bit. I haven't finished it, but I do intend to come back to it because it was really well done. Um, you could tell, to an extent, the music that you had worked on. Just like the Netflix Veggies, you can tell that you didn't write the music. You, know? <laughs> you can, you can, it's kids' music, you know. And there's nothing uh, about the people who wrote it, but you can tell it sounds like kids' music. You know, when normal well, music doesn't sound like that. Or you know, yeah. like the Larry Boy episodes for the TBN series, the music was good, but you could tell that wasn't your score. You know, okay. Like you can, Great. you can tell when it's yours, and yours has a certain nothing on anyone else because they're doing good jobs, but yours has a very authentic touch to it, it that really—I um, don't know how to explain it. It really just—it's a submerges. refined taste. Yeah, refined
1: right. taste. Okay. It submerges
0: you into the show. I think. I think Dario. Um. I think he put that one right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I, that makes me feel good, though. I will say that I'm very picky about like, I, you know, I'm looking at my computer here and when I open up a session, I'm I'm literally looking at it right now, you know, it pulls up 370 channels of orchestral and acoustic instruments for my sound library. So, you know, so I've got, um, Ooh, I'm going through them right now. Uh, a hundred, uh, I'd say, hundred and fifteen different string patches, you know, from strings and big string sections and solo string sections and string effects and libraries and stuff. And I'm, for me, I'm very picky because of my uh, orchestral and acoustic background. That's what I should say. I pay attention to how sound sounds and it doesn't sound realistic. So I want to, I want to write to satisfy myself not just the four-year-old
2: exactly um,
1: i want to be able to live with it as best as i can 20 years from now sometimes budget and time yeah there's some constraints but i want to put my best foot forward but then what what else i do um is i love to pick up instruments and add something acoustically to it so my studio just has shelves and walls of oh, wow. instruments everywhere um I mean, I was just doing some writing to uh, yesterday. So, you know, I've got these things that I was working on today and I've got this for a while.
0: <laughs> is that the biscuit of and... um instrument?
1: It might be. Yeah. Probably wait, 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 oh, wow. Cool, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's probably the only other time I've used it. Huh. Um, so yeah, I mean a lot of these things on the walls, it's like there's stuff that I haven't used yet. Can I, I spot a pea puppet. <laughs> oh yeah, that up uh, where is he? <laughs> Is that from the live show? That yeah. is from the original live show. How um, cool is that? Michael Curry did our very, you know, we've had several touring live shows, but the very first one was uh, designed by Michael Curry, who was a fan of VeggieTales, and he he did the Lion King live stage show. So, I mean, so, he is the tops of the top Tony Award winning. So, and so that was the first, that was the only show that literally the characters, didn't have arms and legs, or I don't remember. Was that the one? I mean, he was. It was like this is real, like veggies. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, somehow one of one of the directors came had had some of the peas laying around, and he was like, "Here, do you want one?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so yeah, it's an absolute. It's from, yeah, the the walls. Was that from the walls of Jericho? That's um, beautiful. I went yeah. to that
2: show. I was four. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, okay, so just, yeah.
0: a little off-topic, do you have – that's a show that the fandom, the VeggieTales fandom, has been trying to find for a long time. There's no recorded video of it. Do you know if that was recorded and if that's saved anywhere accessible?
1: Uh, I don't – I mean I've – I remember years ago seeing some snippets, but I have no idea. You know, no. unfortunately, you know, Big Idea went through a bankruptcy and then yeah. got bought out and da-da-da, and – it's it's scary to think there were there were whole archives of just you know things that I have I have no idea where so much of that is unfortunately you know the good thing is I've got I've got some you know boxes of stuff that I've saved from way back when I actually I I haven't had time I haven't framed it but I've got the original lyrics that Mike handed me to the hairbrush song oh the and uh <laughs> yeah yeah and uh i thought oh you know and i've got some notes on that and the original little disc that i had done the sequence i thought you know what i need to frame that and have it on my wall somewhere because nobody else in the world has that you
2: know history.
1: that's, <laughs> that's gonna put it in cool. the Smithsonian. exactly <laughs> see i feel uh, like we, I'm... we should put it in the uh, museum of the bible when when they come out with a veggie tales episode i mean a are. veggie on. tales wing special yeah. exhibit yeah. Well, this is. I can say that's the the tuba that I played the theme song on. Oh right wow! Now. That's I'm trying to see. Can you see? Oh, there it is. That's um, a relic. <laughs> uh, technically, that's not the original theme song. We've oh. done two theme songs. I mean, it's we we redid the theme song. I'm just gonna say twenty years ago. So probably what everybody thinks is the theme song is not the original regional theme song. We just tightened it up and shortened it a little bit, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, but yeah, this tuba plays. Oh, and the other, here's another relic. When when we went through the bankruptcy, I basically bought a bunch of my studio from the studio. I mean, mm-hmm. the stuff that I had at Big Idea was Big Ideas, but then as I moved home and continued writing for VeggieTales, even as a freelancer, so there was a bankruptcy, there was a layoff. I got laid off, but then right away I was right back writing Veggie Tales as a freelancer for many years after that. But this is the original mic. This is the first microphone that Mike and Phil bought. So literally everything oh, wow. from the first dozen episodes, every voice was recorded on this microphone. Oh, cool and it's still, it's still my main microphone. So, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so there's little nuggets like that that i know that uh some of your fans will appreciate i'm just looking around to see if there's anything else <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so, so cool now while we're on the topic of like relics and lost media um there's a whole scrapped silly song uh from 2012 tornado hunters um i assume you worked on the music for that do you know what uh, yeah yeah
1: that was you know what? i don't remember i mean yes there was a exactly we had it was fully in production and then I think there was a tornado that was in the news that was unfortunate. We just said this is not the time to release this silly song, and so yeah, it we canned it. it it's never seen the light of day. I it was, yeah, I have no recollection of what it was like unless I hear it again.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I want to see that so bad because it's like on the DVD menu. There's a glitch where um, it's Robin Good, right? Um, and so you go, you know, they have the little the little scene selections oh, yeah. with the video playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they have tornado hunters playing oh it didn't we're bubble wrap. Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say one, um, if if you ever meet Mike in person, he's got one silly song simmering that it's a, going on a Christian cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just hilarious. It's typical Mike because he parodies what a Christian cruise would be like. And I've actually <laughs> been on Christian cruises because I've photographed him. And it's just so funny. You know, he's firmly tongue in cheek. And uh You know, it's like that's why it's never seen the light of day because there's probably some things that hit too close to home. Um (laughs) but have him sing a line or two to you, it's hilarious. Uh, I would absolutely love to hear that. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you think of anything after this you need me to cut, let me know. I'll happily do that.
1: No, no, no. That's I'm sure there's other nuggets out there floating around that uh you know, give you a little insight into the background and stuff.
0: Well, I know yeah, I'm boarding um... all the questions here. I want to make sure oh, if you I'm had, if you had, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. If you had specific questions to ask, if you... or if you just wanted to Did you have anything, to
1: Nicholas?
0: Yeah, Nicholas, do you have any questions?
2: <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> well, if, uh, the... Well, the one, the one question was, um, I mean, Mike has mentioned, like, if he were some sort of vegetable, and then I think there was Phil, he was a scallion, but I wanted to know, Kurt, if you were made into a VeggieTales character,
0: what vegetable would you be? There's a reason we're um, asking, too. You'll see. <laughs>
1: um, I i don't know that I've ever been asked that question, so <laughs> I don't know what the answer would be. <laughs> oh, the, the question I usually get asked is, oh, were you a VeggieTales character? And I was like, you know, I sing backup on a lot of stuff. Um, I'm not a lead character, though... I am credited in the first Christmas CD, the first Dove awarding Chris, the first Dove award winning Christmas CD that I am Sheep Number Three. Okay. On Wild By My Sheep," or you go Wow By My Sheep," I watch it night, bah, 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 bah. So. So you
2: would be a sheep. That's your. Vegetable. I'm
1: a sheep. Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm an animated character. I I am Sheep Number Three. <laughs> well, sheep number three personally
0: was one of my favorite characters. It really hit. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to be way up there at the top. It's just following along. Well, <laughs>
0: sheep number three is always top in my book.
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> That's the, the best we... question you got.
0: Well, yeah, uh, Dario, you got, come on. Dario, you don't have anything <laughs> better than
1: that. I was gonna
2: ask, uh, like, something that I always find fascinating about uh, Veggie Tales, especially a lot of the early days, is that like how you guys were just like. a a big group of like outsiders of the industry and just kind of built this thing from the top. And you can tell from the videos, like how all of your artistic styles were developing and that kind of thing. And I was just like, like wondering what that was like, just like starting basically from nothing and just developing. There, there,
1: there was some very fond memories of just what that was like. I mean, I was working at a church full-time as the director of music. um, And that was, So the church I was at, was a very uh, contemporary cutting edge church in downtown Chicago in Lincoln Park. And a lot of creatives were going there and Mike and Phil and Lisa were attending. And I was working with, so the voice of Junior Asparagus, Lisa has a beautiful classically trained voice. And she was a soloist I would work with all the time. uh, So to hear the little squeaky junior voice come out of her is pretty amazing. So, you know, they had this vision for... You know, Phil was in computer animation, Mike was in video editing, but they had met in college and uh, terrorized Baptist churches with a a puppet ministry that they would tour the Midwest with. And uh, one of the things I thought that was just astonishing about Mike and Phil before I knew them, just for the fun of it in college, they would give themselves a weekend to write and direct and film a short music video and it could be about anything. And I've seen some of those and it's just sheer genius. And it just says, okay, that's that's why we came up with VeggieTales. Another thing I've seen them do is at little party nights, art nights, um, Mike and Phil will both juggle and Phil will recite Dr. Seuss while Mike recites The Raven, you know, a, a <laughs> classical poem. So it's just this sort of art piece Okay, so this is the minds of Mike and Phil, Bob and Larry that you get Veggie Tales from. So, I came into that. Uh, They didn't, you know, they said, "Hey, we're we're wanting to do this, try this this creative video for kids." Um, We don't have a budget. We we don't have any money, so we can't go to Nashville and get you know a big name. But they had seen me doing the music at the church for years. Uh, Every offertory I would. Sometimes come up with something. I did something real creative once I sampled my daughter, who was less than a year old at the time. I sampled this is, I mean, this is 35 plus years ago when sampling was just pretty new. Off of her videotapes of her laughing and crying and coughing, I sampled little baby noises. And then I wrote a version of Jesus Loves Me using those samples. So that you get this <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> and then Jesus loves me comes in and that was the offer toy for that Sunday. So even in the church, I had freedom to do some very creative things. So Mike and Phil were hearing that and going, Oh, well, what if we ask Kirk to help with the music? And, you know, they asked me and I was tickled to be able to offer just because I was wanting to stretch my wings a little bit and none of us had any idea what would become of it. Um, and so just that they have the opportunity to do some creative things with them was very fun for me. So that's how I got started on it. And um, yeah, and it was, you know, late nights and I had a, I had a keyboard that had a sequencer in it and then like a couple outboard modules and a sampler and I'd write from my home bedroom and then I did I put it on cassette for them to hear? And then I mean I was I didn't even have a computer yet. So that first episode Where's God When I'm Scared, I was using a stopwatch to figure out, okay, the little scary organ music because there's it's so rudimentary back then. There there's no score virtually. The songs were really well done. I don't take credit for that. that was a lot of those were fills on that first one. Just really well written. Um and so I'm using a stopwatch and writing in my bedroom. And then I'd have to take my gear over to their little studio and plug it in to download all the music because we didn't have any digital way of recording it back then. So all of these very simplistic, rudimentary ways of doing it, uh, you know, I look back and it's kind of like chuckling, you know, our first I wasn't even watching video at that time, but the very first time. I started scoring to video, which was probably C- show six or so, Madam Blueberry. It was on VHS tape. We'd we'd put a stripe, a, it was called striping a SMPTE time timecode to one channel of the VHS tape, and then have the picture on the other. And I had one of those little transistor TVs with a little like three inch screen, sitting on my computer, my keyboard, and then I'd hit the tape deck to hit play and start playing. It would you know, take two or three seconds for the computer to lock up to the SMPTE time code, and then I was running with, with the film and then writing to that. So all these different things that, you know, I've kind of grown up through the whole analog to digital age. And, um, yeah, just, you know, what are some other stories? I remember that that we had, we had no idea because we were in Chicago. Is anybody hearing this? Are we... Is anybody paying attention? What's the word out there? And I was I subscribed to CCM magazine, Contemporary Christian Music Magazine. And there was a an article, an interview with Out of the Gray, which was one of the favorite top groups back then as a duo, a married couple. Really fresh innovative music. So all of us musicians really respected them. And they were being interviewed by CCM Magazine, and I'm reading it uh, in a magazine. If I don't know if you kids know what that is. Um, reading the magazine, the interviewer asks, so what's, are you listening to any music these days? And the answer is, well, no, we we don't, we haven't really been listening to anything these days. And then he chimes in, unless you consider VeggieTales, these videos that we've been watching with our kids, we love the music, and my jaw just dropped because first of all, I'm a huge fan of Out of the Gray, and I'm thinking, out of the gray has heard my music. That was astounding <laughs> at that moment. And somebody outside of our circle is listening to this. And, you know, these are top-notch artists in Nashville. So it was just mind-blowing to think, wow, we're we're being heard by, by people that I respect. So there's all sorts of stories like that of just those early days of, you know, I mean, it, you know, part of me gets nostalgic wishes. Oh, I wish I could, not that I could go back to that, but you know, there, I mean, the story of big idea is an up and down story. Um, mm-hmm. Phil wrote a really good book about that. Me, myself, and Bob, that goes into the depths of wh- how could, a how could VeggieTales go bankrupt? You know, well, there's, there was four or five different things going on at the same time and they all just took the wrong fork in the road and whatever, read the book. Um, so, book. but it's, um, you know, but I know you were wondering, is there anything that we've been doing lately? Well, like I said, we've, we did some new VeggieTales about two years ago, which was great to do. It was a ton of fun to, I didn't take it for granted. It's like, wow, I'm, I didn't think I'd get to do this again. I'm writing with Mike and Phil again, VeggieTales music. This is great, you know, and now I've been, Mike and I have been in touch since he lives just minutes from me down here in the Nashville area. Mm -hmm. you know, over the years, we've always been in touch with things. And now to get to do Dead Sea Squirrels with him has been just great because it's just so fun to work with him again. And he is such, just such a, he's not just a cucumber. He's just such a great guy. And, and then I've been in touch with Phil and he's got some ideas brewing and we've talked about those. And I'm very excited about the potential of those. And so, yeah, I've always had a huge a respect for these guys and their creativity and just you know what the impact that they've made in you know christian childhoods over the past decades i will really... say Sorry, uh,
2: like i just wanted to say this like really quickly like you like veggie has been like a really big foundational thing for me artistically but like you're the main reason what <laughs> like why i get into arranging and the Basically, the, one of the only reasons why I have an accordion in my room
1: right now. <laughs> you have an accordion. Yes. Yay!
2: Look I've at got, all those beauties.
1: I've got my family sitting right here,
2: and you I just picked me... this
1: up. This isn't an accordion, but I just picked this up in an antique store. Look at it; it's a little ooh, electric ooh. organ. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So you've maybe completely
2: fall in love with polka music.
1: Just yes. <laughs> Well, I've you know I'm proud to be able to introduce the next generation to polka music. I've had more than one, you know, I've spoken to colleges and I've had more than one geeky tuba player say, you know, I'm playing tuba because of Leary, and uh, and I go, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, I think, you know, I apologize <laughs> first. <laughs> um, I mean, I still so. listen to
0: VeggieTales music. Unironically, I think Dario, you'd agree with me there, right? Just the music mm, all the time. Thing. Certain, certain base. I think type. I got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that awesome. render in the background. Um, you made that, right? Oh so yeah, Dario, Dario I, I makes like, made... VeggieTales fan
1: animations and stuff. Oh, I think it's pretty, pretty very cool. nice. Yeah, we're coming up on our thirtieth anniversary, right? Yeah, it's Christmas, crazy. December,
2: is, crazy, which crazy.
1: Which uh, that's uh, thanks for reminding me because you know it's like man, out somewhere out there is is anybody going to acknowledge that? You know, it's oh, funny. I it's do
0: something for you. It. It's just
1: it's funny how it's it just you know veggie just lies under the surface of of everybody that I not everybody but so many people I bump into. You know, yeah, there's there's not something going on literally at this moment that you can go out and buy a new veggie tales, But it's just under the surface of so many people I I run into, and it's fun because I yeah you know, I do a lot of side jobs. I'm I'm a professional photographer. And uh, I mean one story I. I've been photographing for a a, a studio for a, over a year and a half, and uh, and it's a most of it is Christian background, and but I don't I don't say what my background is because it's like as a photographer that's not my job. You didn't hire me because I <laughs> write music. You hired me as a photographer, and um, so I don't I don't mention it uh, purposely so that I just let other people figure it out if they choose to. And I had somebody pull me aside about a month ago and go. Okay, so my coworker called me and said, have have you heard about Kurt Heineke? And she was like, no, what happened? Is he, like, did he get arrested? No, he did the music for Veggie Tales. And she was like, no way. And so then, of course, they have that conversation with me the next time they see me. They're like, Kurt, get over here. You didn't tell me. I'm like, tell, tell you what? Or, you know, somebody will say, you know, I is it true? Did I hear that you did? I said, like, I know, I don't know where you heard that from. <laughs> and I'll just go, go along with it for a little while. Oh, okay. there. Okay. There's one more funny story. I actually, ironically, this is the, or maybe the, it's the most non-ironic thing you can think of. I actually play in a German band now, a polka band,
0: oh, that's a four piece German band. Wow And
1: I, I play tuba and trumpet and trombone and drums and, we've got a clarinet player and a banjo player and an accordion player and um the and we had um I'll remember it. you know about a year ago somebody and it was a like a college age woman she just yells out play veggie tales <laughs> and they have no idea who i am you know they're like <laughs> oh, that's funny you don't, you oh, don't wow. know that i actually played the tuba part on veggie tales oh, and so now insane. we've We've actually put the VeggieTales theme song into our re- our repertoire because we actually, I had a request um, just a month ago from somebody. Somebody came home and said, hey, that, that woman over there was wondering if you guys know the VeggieTales song. Th- and we were on a break and I actually went over and sat down with her and I, I wanted to find out if she knew who we were. And so I just started asking now, what, what's this VeggieTales thing? Why would you ask for that? And oh, it wasn't me, it was this guy, but he was too embarrassed to mention. It. I was like, really? Well, I mean, why would you ask for it? Oh, I grew up in a little, and I saw the tube and I just thought, oh, that's VeggieTales. And I went about five minutes before just barely hinting that. Do you realize? <laughs> do you realize who you're talking to? Oh my gosh! I'm so and then their yeah their jaws just dropped. And it was pretty funny because then we played the song, and you know they're getting selfies with us, and so I know that you know we made their day. So it's what was
2: the name of the band again? Funny.
1: Uh, <laughs> good bellows. Can you find them on YouTube? Fellows, good Good. Uh, or you on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. We've got a Facebook and Instagram and and uh, YouTube presence, and we've got a website. I'm making I, a note of it. I yeah, uh, I've been care. It's funny because I've been careful over the first year. It's not the first thing I want to put out there in my professional yeah. circles of, I'm a film composer. Oh, and by the way, I wear later hosen on the weekend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But then people are like, no, that makes sense. I mean, if you're the big sales <laughs> guy, I can see that. So, and it's you know, it's been a work in progress. It's it's just a fun, it's just been a fun side thing to do with a couple buddies. So we're not, you know, we're not touring. We're not opening for any big acts or anything like that, but it's been fun to just grow it a little bit and have some fun with it and, and keep my chops up um, with, you know, all the different instruments and stuff.
0: That's so cool. I just looked up the the website. Website looks amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to listen to the music. I love polka stuff. You know, obviously all of us do, so I'll make sure I listen. Yeah. To that.
1: <laughs> that is so cool. All right. Um, yeah. I'm just warning you. I, you know, <laughs> We actually, our tagline, since Nashville is Music City, our tagline is we're the worst band in Music City. we being worst. spelled W-U-R-S-T with an umlaut over it. Yeah. So that way we set the expectation low. And then if we sound good, that's a surprise. And you make a plug. Yeah. And that's always, you know, we're, hey, if you want to tip us, it goes towards music lessons for Eddie, our clarinet player. He needs them. You know, we're, we're just always self-deprecating and making us sound worse than hopefully we are. And sometimes we do sound bad. We actually have the, we have this, this bell on stage. It's kind of like a school bell and it, we call it the bell of, the bell of disappointment. And so if any of us makes a mistake, we just, we ring the bell and we just acknowledge it. So so, yeah, we just, we play up on the. The hum- humanity of it all. instead I feel of like the, you need
2: to have a bit of dip, self-deprecating humor to be in a polka band at some point.
1: <laughs> what are you saying about Pokemon? music? Uh, <laughs> no, he's, at he's at George the speaking moment. from experience. <laughs> but, the, but the funny thing is we're actually having fun. We do a lot of jazz standards and Dixieland, and we just literally did a... Uh, and a, several of our guys do actually good arranging, and we just did a, a Lady Gaga medley uh, that's yeah. our newest piece. A Lady Gaga medley played by a, a polka band. Oh, uh, totally know, <laughs> yeah. So it's those sorts of things that we love to do. You know, we're doing the theme from Mario. Uh, um, but, I'm, yeah, you know how it goes. Mario Kart, we, we're doing that theme. We're going to add the Cantina Band from Star Wars pretty soon. Uh, we, do, we do some... Some other we do some Beatles stuff that's just really fun. We do some, you know, you've got a friend with in me from Disney Toy Story that just we kill on that. It just sounds great Um, because it just it it fits that ensemble really well. So, anyways, that's enough. Way more about polka bands than you were expecting in this interview. (laughs) Well, I'm glad (laughs) to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I love it. Any other uh, any other questions? Big picture questions.
0: Well, first uh, I want to know if yeah, I
1: was going to see if they had questions
0: yeah um did
2: you have do you have any current favorite uh veggie song as of now like has it has your opinion changed at all
1: yeah it's like choosing my favorite child of mine yeah uh yeah i don't know i do have a favorite child no um <laughs> yeah no i don't have a favorite I do oh have my one, so. <laughs> yeah, it's getting awkward all of a sudden um you know i think i think uh I would say Belly Button and Cheeseburger stand out as just when you think of a classic. I mean, Hairbrush is a classic, but there's not a lot of production in that. I think Cheeseburger and Belly Button really are the pinnacle of that is what is a silly song. It's a spoof on a genre. It's funny at multiple levels. There's a lot of production going in. There's a lot of research that we went into. Cheeseburger is the one that. Uh, the first that Mike was singing when he pitched it to me, turns out he was hearing the Spanish soap opera that his wife was listening to and copying that. So I rewrote that. Uh, But that was also inspired, uh, if any of your fans, (laughs) if you have any 60-year-old fans um, of your channel, that song was inspired by a food or a name of a band. Meatloaf, yes. Meatloaf, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are his cheeseburger. I mean, that's (laughs) classic meatloaf. So, you know, that was fun to spoof that sort of style. So those would be two that stand out as, you know, those are really well-crafted songs that I think stand the test of time. And, you know, just the silliness of Cheeseburger. Mike, as you know, was writing a love song for Larry, it was going to be about the drive-thru girl as he, pulls up to take his order and he sees the drive-thru girl and he falls in love with her. But he's like, no, that's not weird enough. What if he falls in love with the cheeseburger itself? Um, so that's, you know, so it's a love song to a cheeseburger. There we
0: go. I yep. love that. That's in yeah. the yeah. commentary for one of my favorite parts of the VeggieTales DVDs. I love the ones you did with um the sing along episodes. Those were, those were great. Yes. Those are
1: always fun to do. Cause yeah, we, we uh, go back to all of those and review them. And even those singalongs, you know, the, uh, that, that, uh, that autotainment theme song. I mean, even even building the music for the compilation, you know, I was researching some of the old Disney, um, forgot which which show that was that they did. But it's that whole, hey, we're in the 60s and it's, you know, the future <laughs> is here and, you know, autotainment. And it was just very fun to spoof all of that stuff.
0: Autotainment's a fun episode. Now, did you? Oh, yeah. The um the albums, you know, because AutoTainment was like a compilation of the songs from the mm-hmm. albums animated. Did you compose the music for the albums as well? I should know this.
1: I'm, I'm sure you know what there's there's a lot of. I mean, obviously, all of the compilation albums, you know, Veggies One, Two, Three, Four, that are songs from all the shows. Those you know, of course, I did all yeah. those. There were a lot of a lot of uh, CDs that I wasn't involved in. Um, Chris Davis did a lot of production on those. Um, uh, who else did some um Scott Davidson and um because I was still working on the videos you know and then we'd we'd say hey let's do uh let's do a cd on country songs interpreted by veggie characters or you know hits from the 90s or 80s or christian hits i'd i'd have some input on those uh, but we'd we'd farm those out i was involved in our in our christmas cd's our easter cd um, some of those were, they were a little more story driven. Um, some of those have a lot of dialogue because they were saying, Hey, we want to be able to make a video out of this. One of these days, let's, let's put a story in here too. So,
0: yeah. That's you know, all around the world. If you remember that one with Archibald and all the different Easter traditions and stuff, I could definitely yes. tell that with you.
1: Like, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and Easter song is there sung by Matthew Ward, who sang the original that's, that's right that's, that's,
0: that's what i was thinking when you and mentioned i that.
1: just loved getting to do that so that's an example of where i did some of the production and then some others did some of the production too so i'll hear things and I go like, okay that's different uh, it's a different flavor than what you'd hear from me but it's related
2: i got you confused with chris davis for the live show i'm so sorry oh okay
1: no no, no that's what, i've worked with chris a bunch and yeah, yeah he's done some of those those live shows so i'd love yeah, to be saying sometime, you too. yeah yeah, he does a um I'm not sure what what sort of production he's doing these days, but yeah, he's done a lot of a lot of variety of stuff in the past.
0: Yeah, I like his and I like his music. And stuff. he
1: actually works with he's been working with Phil Vischer on some of his Jelly Jellytelly stuff. So, Ooh. you know, Chris Chris has been in the loop with that stuff too.
2: I definitely yeah. heard his style on some of the, like the what's in the Bible DVDs. I could definitely like pin, pinpoint his style out of that.
1: Okay, yeah. Yep. I to totally get up. it. He's bringing in children's choirs and and live bands and production, you know. And all of it still kind of comes through the the big idea of VeggieTales, Mike, Phil, Filter, too. So there's going to be things that myself or Chris will do because we've been directed by a director to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's what makes VeggieTales so unique to just so many talented people. And that's why I think mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to stay with VeggieTales. If you have the same talented people working on another show, like Dead Sea Squirrels or... Wing feather, you know, then you're gonna yeah. have another great product, you know?
1: Yeah, it's been very fun to see. I mean, so many people came in and out, came through Big Idea while I was there. You know, big names from Disney and and, you know, now names that have gone on to places like Pixar. Um, and it's and it's a to go, oh yeah. I you know, I'll watch credits on a Disney movie or a Pixar movie and pick out a couple, oh, yep, they they came through Big Idea at one point. And so it's really neat to just have that connection that I wouldn't have had, you know, without that.
0: Yeah, I think so too. We'll wrap this one up unless um, Nicholas or Gord had any more questions that I've, you know, hogged and, and held them back from asking.
2: Oh, it was really good
0: talking.
1: I think so yeah, too, I'm yeah. Looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing this and yeah, send me the link and I, I want to see who else you've got on here and see if our stories match and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, there we go. Well, no, for for this podcast, I have a whole channel just for Veggie fan content, right? Um, and so this is on Sweet. that channel. I host it. This is the hundred and tenth episode, so I've done it for wow. a while. And very small listener base. I think this one will do better than the episodes where it's just me talking, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've we've talked to if you know Henry Haggard. Um, yep. Yeah, we've I talked to Henry Haggard, Sean Chiplock, Stephanie Sutherland, mm-hmm. Kira Buckland. My main channel is completely different stuff. It's just original characters and stuff. But for got it for this podcast it's going to be on the VeggieTales page. Cool, The so super cool. Sounds right. good. This has been Kirk yeah. Heineke, uh not just the VeggieTales guy. Uh this is the man behind the music of Wingfeather Saga Superbook, upcoming productions you haven't seen. Go to Disney World see if you can pick them out sometime once they start reusing that <laughs> music again. Just a, a very accomplished musician that needs to be known for more than VeggieTales. Um but VeggieTales is so impactful. It's always going to it's always going to be in the, you know, in
1: the list yep. god made you special and he loves you very much there we go bye
0: <laughs>